Hello, dark friends. Welcome to episode 10 of our ongoing story, Wraiths of the Appalachian. If you're just joining us on our spooky podcast journey, may I suggest that you exit from this episode now and search back for episode 1 of this current season, season 3. For the rest of us, let's dive right into episode 10, It Came to Flatwoods. Chapter 10. It Came to Flatwoods Eddie slipped Snarly Yow one last strip of apple bacon and licked his fingers before lifting his coffee cup to his lips. From the round table where he sat outside the day's inn, he had a clear view of the highway he had driven to get there. A single range of verdant West Virginia mountains created a picturesque scene despite the shopping center, car lot, and small businesses that dotted the valley on that Sunday morning. Eddie hadn't slept that soundly since embarking on his odd journey, and he felt amazingly refreshed considering his exhausting adventure the night before in Jake Warren's cabin near Hopkinsville. Hate to spend the money, but I think it was well worth it. As he finished the last of his coffee, a young couple about his age walked past his table to an odd structure that stood in the gravel area next to a large wooden swing. Eddie had noticed the huge chair before and how it was uniquely painted, but it dismissed it as part of a playground that even adults might enjoy. The chair was elevated so that one had to climb five steps and take another step or two before being able to sit. It was painted green for the most part, except for the pointed alien head that extended up beyond the back of the chair. The face within the green hood of the space creature was red with two yellow eyes. Go on, babe. Let me get a shot of you sitting in it. The man pulled his cell phone out of his pocket and held it out before him as he positioned himself to frame the shot. Okay, then I'll get one of you, the woman said. Would you like me to take one with both of you in it? Eddie offered. Oh yeah, that'd be great, thanks. The man's teeth shone through his dark beard as he grinned and handed his phone to Eddie. He climbed up and slid in beside the woman in the oversized chair who flipped her shoulder-length blonde hair back from her face and smiled for the camera. The morning sun caught her hair, making it glow with a reddish tint that made Eddie think of Renee, and he felt a hollow sadness in the pit of his stomach. Okay, on three, Eddie said, shaking off the touch of melancholy. After he counted down and snapped the photo, he added, Great, let's do one more to be sure. Thanks, man. The bearded man took his phone back and then shook Eddie's hand. I'm Luke, and this is my wife, Venka. They both grinned and looked at each other as Luke said her name. That's my stage name, she offered, explaining their smiles. I'm Marianne. Eddie, nice to meet you. Stage name, you said? Yeah, I dance with a group that's performing in Flatwoods later. We all use stage names. So Luke is a stage name, too? The couple laughed. No, Luke's my real name. Only dancers qualify for stage names. His emphasis on the word dancers earned him a punch on the arm. Don't make us out to be a bunch of prima donnas, his wife said. You can have a stage name any time you want. No, no, Luke's fine, he focused on Eddie and said. I wear a lot of hats. MC, tech assistant, driver, food deliverer, resident smartass, whatever's needed. The last one for sure, Ariane said with a smile. To Eddie, she asked, you here for the festival? Festival? Eddie asked. The Flatwoods Monster Festival. I can't really imagine traveling to Flatwoods for anything else. No, I don't know anything about it, Eddie admitted. Oh, man, 
Luke seemed excited to have the opportunity to explain. It's all about the sighting that happened in Flatwoods in 1952. After people saw an object streak across the sky and land in the woods, a family went to investigate, and they saw a huge creature, 10 or 15 feet tall, with glowing eyes and long arms floating towards them. The Flatwoods monster, Arianne said as she pointed back toward the chair. People used to be freaked out by it, but now they have a festival every year. The dance group's mostly made up of geeks like us who love cosplay and gaming. We perform at cons and festivals all over the area, and this year we got a gig to perform here. I never heard of this monster before, Eddie said. Oh, you can see a bunch of videos about it on YouTube, Luke said. Small Town Monsters did a whole documentary on it. Eddie nodded even though he didn't know what Luke was talking about. There's even a museum dedicated to it in Sutton. Sutton? Yeah, it's just a couple of miles down the highway, Luke pointed to the south. I may have to check that out. Oh, you should. And you should come to our performance tonight. We go on at sunset at the funeral home, Arianne said. The funeral home? Yeah, Arianne laughed. It's a first for us, too. We don't really know how this is going to work out. They're giving us some space in their parking lot, so it's not like we're dancing around coffins in the chapel or anything. But still, we don't know what's going to happen for sure. Speaking of that, I need to hook up with Zach so we can go check the place out, Luke said. Yeah, right. Arianne turned to Eddie. Zach's our tech lead. We'd be lost without him. I see. Well, I gotta be on my way, too. It's been really nice meeting you. Come see the performance, Arianne said. It'd be nice to see at least one friendly face there. Yeah, really, Luke said. And thanks for taking the photo. He turned back to his wife and said, Let me get one more of just you in the chair. Arianne smiled and the two worked their way back over to the photo op. Eddie looked at Snarly Yow, who had been waiting patiently, watching the entire conversation. Eddie picked up the bill for his breakfast and gave a quick nod toward the building. Snarly got up and followed Eddie into the lobby where he paid his bill before going upstairs to gather his things from his room. Eddie parked the van on Main Street in Sutton, almost directly in front of the Flatwoods Monster Museum. Traffic was light, perhaps being a Saturday, but the town was so small Eddie suspected there probably wasn't much activity even on a busy day, if there ever was a busy day. He opened the side door for Snarly Owl to get out and walked over to look into the two large display windows of the museum. The lettering on the left window indicated that the space also served as the visitor center for Braxton County, but clearly the main attraction was the monster Arianne and Luke had told him about. Various figurines, books, and t-shirts were scattered about, all prominently displaying the green figure with the pointed head, red face, and yellow eyes. Good morning. Here for the festival? Eddie turned to see the speaker who had greeted him and saw a friendly man with a crew cut and glasses moving toward the front door with keys in hand. Uh, yeah. I heard about the museum and thought it might be a good place to start. Well, you're obviously the first visitor of the day. It's actually a little before our official opening time, but come on in. Eddie followed with Snarly Owl coming in right behind him. I'm Andrew, the curator of the museum and the executive director of tourism for Braxton County. Today's a big day. Eddie noticed that the black and white t-shirt Andrew was wearing with the silhouette of the monster on the front was the same as many that were hanging on racks around the room. Eddie took the hand that Andrew extended and introduced himself. Despite the display shelves lining both sidewalls and the couch and easy chairs in the center of the room, Eddie felt that the space might have once been an old drugstore, 
A counter with six backless chrome stools with shiny red vinyl seats sat off to the side, where several spouts for an old-fashioned soda fountain looked ready to dispense drinks. But now the entire decor of the museum, its green walls and red furniture, emphasized a monster who was obviously the star of the show in Braxton County. Yeah, that's what I understand. To tell the truth, I just learned about the monster today. I happened to meet a couple at the day's end who told me a little of what's going on. So this all goes back to a UFO sighting in the 50s? That's the story. Hey, if you don't mind, I'm going to start a pot of coffee in the back, so just make yourself at home and I'll be right back to tell you more about it. As he slid a curtain back that blocked access to a narrow hall, he called back over his shoulder. Would you like a cup? No thanks, I had plenty back at the motel. Take your time. Hetty was studying a display of books that included stories of UFOs, the Mothman of Point Pleasant, and other strange, unexplained phenomena, when he suddenly caught a whiff of smoke. Turning back to the center of the room, he saw a woman sitting in one of the red easy chairs. She looked as if she'd been there a while, with one leg crossed casually over the other and her elbow on the arm of the chair as she held a lit cigarette aloft between her fingers. Heck of a dog you got there, she said. Uh, thanks, Eddie said as he looked at the woman with narrowed eyes. She was thin with rather sharp features and wore black-rimmed glasses that did little to soften her look. Her dark hair was curled and a tight permanent that reminded Eddie of old photos of his grandmother. She wore a navy blue dress with white polka dots that seemed like something Lucille Ball wore on I Love Lucy. You'll want to keep that hound around. He'll come in handy. Eddie turned back to check on Snarly Ow and saw that the dog was looking at the woman too. He was very focused, but didn't seem to be troubled by the woman's presence. When Eddie turned back, the chair was empty. Okay, that should be ready in a minute or two. Andrew entered from the hallway and stopped beside a large standing figure of the monster that appeared to be made of a green garment, probably a choir or graduation robe, with a pizza pan painted red for the creature's head. Have you had a chance to see all the souvenirs? No, not really, Eddie said slowly as he forced himself to look up from the empty chair. I think that would take a while. Definitely, Andrew said. There's a whole lot of stuff. People donate things all the time. We've even got video games where the Flatwood Monster makes an appearance. He gestured to a shelf where the cases of several games stood along with small figurines of the monster and several small Flatwoods Monster lanterns. A black-and-white photograph caught Eddie's eye, and he stepped over to examine it more closely. A woman and a younger man flanked a large drawing of the creature, but it was the woman in the picture who made the hair stand on Eddie's neck. It was the woman he had just seen sitting in the easy chair. That's the woman who says she saw it, Andrew said, noting what had caught Eddie's attention. Kathleen May. A sketch artist from New York came down and drew this picture. Her two boys were in the group of kids who were playing in a field near the elementary school when they spotted a fireball that streaked across the sky and appeared to land in the woods near their house. The boys got their mother and a neighbor, a relative who was in the National Guard, that's him in the photo with Kathleen, and they all walked up in the woods where they saw a pulsing red light. That's when they say they saw the monster. By their accounts, it was ten feet tall and came floating toward them making a hissing noise as it reached out with big claws. They ran back to their house, but when the local authorities investigated the site hours later, it was gone. 
They did describe a foul stench that lingered in the area, along with some broken branches, like something big had passed through there. Eddie was barely hearing Andrew. Kathleen May, he repeated. Is she still alive? No, she died a while back. Her sons are still around. They're getting on up in years, though. Eddie nodded. Do you believe in all this? he asked. Andrew smiled. I grew up in Braxton County, and I've heard the story all my life. I love all this stuff, but do I believe it? He shook his head. I guess you could call me a skeptic who wants to believe. How about you? Eddie continued to stare at the photograph. I didn't used to, but honestly, I don't know what I believe anymore. He turned back to look at the chair where Kathleen had been sitting and then started moving toward the front door. What sort of festivities are planned for today, he asked, stopping beside a professionally made costume of the monster that was displayed on a stand near the front door. Well, there's a parade this afternoon at two. I think they have some games and vendors set up in the community center, Andrew said. Sounds like fun. Will this guy be in the parade? Eddie gestured at the costume. Well, normally I'd be in that suit, but one of the kids at the high school made a big stalk-around version of Braxy, basically a big puppet that you can wear. So I thought I'd defer and let him have the honor this year. Braxy? Well, that's what we call him around here. He's pretty much the county mascot now. It'll make that kid's day, I'm sure, Eddie said. I'll be sure to look for it in the parade. Eddie paused and then asked, I guess Flatwoods is pretty easy to find? Right. It's even smaller than Sutton, but it's only a few miles up the road. Just look for the monster chair under the Welcome to Flatwoods sign. I saw a chair like that at the Days Inn. We've got five of them scattered around the area, Andrew said. The tourists seem to enjoy them. And if you're looking for a good place where you can get lunch and then watch the parade, just beyond that chair is the Spot Dairy Bar. They've got some interesting sandwiches. Well, pretty traditional sandwiches, really, but with interesting names. And tasty. Thanks for the tip, Eddie said. Maybe I'll see you there. I'll probably be minding the store here, but have fun. Eddie nodded, and he and Snarly Owl made their way to the van. Eddie studied the menu. So which of these UFO's signature sandwiches should I get? The Point Pleasant Ham and Cheese? An Area 51 Pizza Calzone? Maybe the Twilight Turkey and Bacon? Hey, stranger. Eddie turned to see Arianne and Luke approaching from the parking lot of the spot with another couple. Oh, hey, Eddie said. I thought I'd grab a bite to eat and stake out a place where I could watch the parade. I have it from a good authority that this is the place to be. Awesome. Sounds like a good plan, said Arianne. Mind if we join you? Be my guest. Arianne motioned to the thin, bearded man and the brunette with him. Eddie, this is Beth, or Firequill as she's known in our group, and Michael, one of our tech crew. Nice to meet you, Eddie said as they returned the greeting. Listen, Eddie, go ahead and get your meal and we'll find you out here after we get ours. Our other friends should be joining us any minute. Is that cool? More the merrier. Sounds good. While his new friends chatted and laughed, Eddie made his way into the spot and up to the takeout counter. A fresh-faced teenage girl with blonde hair asked, Can I take your order? Eddie grinned and said, I'm thinking about the Roswell grilled chicken sandwich but was wondering if the special sauce is really safe. The girl smiled as if she'd never heard jokes about their unique menu and said, Yeah, I think you'll be okay. It's the Point Pleasant ham and cheese you got to be careful about. Eddie raised his eyebrows. 
The girl added in a stage whisper, It comes with mothballs. Eddie shook his head, still not understanding. Point Pleasant? Mothman, she said. Oh, I get it. Mothballs. That's good. Sorry, I'm really not up on all the cryptid lore in the area. That's okay. I wasn't either until I started working here. We get a lot of people who are really into all that stuff, especially on days like today with the festival and everything. So we kind of have to be. She looked behind Eddie where Luke was coming in the door with Beth and Michael. We decided to let Ariane be the welcoming committee, Luke said to Eddie. We're starving. The girl at the counter tapped her pen on the counter and Eddie turned back to her. So you want a sweet tea with that sandwich? Sounds good, Eddie said. He stepped aside after the girl ran his credit card. After she'd taken the group's orders, Eddie stood by and smiled politely as the three friends chatted for what seemed like an eternity. When he finally got his meal, he took it outside where Snarly Owl had settled under the shade of a large oak. The few outdoor tables were already occupied, so Eddie scoped out a large, grassy area where the others could join him that also provided a good view of the parade route. He tore off a chunk of the chicken and gave it to Snarly before diving into the sandwich himself. As Eddie drank his tea, a black SUV pulled into the parking lot. A stocky man in khaki cargo shorts, utility boots, and a large black t-shirt with I Believe emblazoned under a flying saucer got out with three women that Eddie figured were a part of the troop. Eddie's guess was confirmed as he watched Arianne approach them. Hey, Luke's already inside with Beth and Michael. Are you guys eating now or are you going to wait until after the show? Oh, I'm definitely eating now, said the man as he stroked his beard. I had a late breakfast, a tall woman with black hair said. She wore large, dark glasses that gave off an iridescent reflection. And I doubt there's much of a vegan menu here anyway. I'll just get water for now. The woman with red hair said, It's going to be about six hours before we perform. I'm getting something now. How about you, Tessa? Yeah, I'm going to eat now, answered the smallest woman in the group. Let's check out the menu. The two women followed the man who was already heading into the restaurant. Get me a water, Emily, called the tall woman with Arianne. The redhead turned back around and gave her friend a thumbs up. Luke's getting me a drink and a salad, Arianne said to the woman who remained, but come here, I want you to meet someone. She led her friend over to where Eddie sat. Arcana, this is Eddie. We met earlier at the motel. Arcana's going to perform a solo dance tonight. Nice to meet you, Eddie said without getting up. He waved at her and showed her his greasy hands. A shake, but I've picked up some suspicious residue from this Roswell sandwich. No problem, Arcana said, smiling beneath her dark glasses. What the heck has taken Luke so long, Arianne said with a frown. I'm going to check. I'll be right back. Eddie and Arcana nodded as Arianne made her way back into the restaurant. Arcana sat down near Eddie beside Snarly Owl. Beautiful dog. Is he part wolf? Eddie's eyes widened. Until that morning, no one had appeared to notice Snarly Owl at all. But suddenly, in this small town, two people had... Eddie was fairly certain that the first one back in the museum was dead, but this woman obviously was not. Eddie had a whole new set of questions for Mr. D. Well, dark friends, that concludes Episode 10. If you should ever travel to the little town of Flatwoods, West Virginia, be sure to look for the big Flatwoods monster chairs that were mentioned in this episode. They really do exist. 
And after you have one of those delicious monster sandwiches at the Spot Dairy Bar, be sure to drop in at the Flatwoods Monster Museum in nearby Sutton, West Virginia, and say hello to Andrew Smith, the creator of the museum and the executive director of the Braxton County Convention and Visitors Bureau. Andrew was a big help with info about the Flatwoods Monster. Dark friends, you can learn more about the backgrounds of the places mentioned in Flatwoods and all the settings for these episodes by joining me on the Dark Corners Facebook page. And of course, you can enjoy the music of Wraiths of the Appalachian by listening to the album by Mombi Yulman that inspired it all at mombiyulman.bandcamp.com. That's all for now. See you next time in the Dark Corners.